welcome to Night Clerk Radio, episode 92, where now solidly in the middle of Spooky Month, we are doing Horror Synth for Halloween. Yay! So, getting into Dark Synth, Horror Synth, I guess, for this mm-hmm. episode, which has been interesting because it's a genre I don't really know a lot about. It's, and this isn't like a, a criticism, but it's maybe a little unfair. I always feel a little unfair. But it's one of those genres that's sort of like um, lo-fi hip hop to me, mm-hmm. where it like only exists as YouTube compilations. Mm. <laughs> I don't really think about people making it, which is terrible. Yeah, uh, because they do. But it's one that I don't like seek out in the same way. So I, I only am exposed to it through like compilations. Um, like my roommate and his friend like work out to dark synth all the time. Like that's yeah. their gym music, so I kind of hear it mm-hmm. from from the basement in passing yeah it makes sense but i didn't really appreciate like the range of influences and stuff so i thought this was a very educational episode for me yeah uh dark synth you know horror wave or dark wave like there's a obviously Mm -hmm. like man yeah there's there's so you want to tag it yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's synth wave that is supposed to be spooky in some way Mm -hmm. like you know, the joke, the joke I'm, I've been making to myself, at least, has been dark synth. Sure, we got both kinds, John Carpenter <laughs> and heavy metal. Like, that's kind of how it seems like I've been listening to it for a while, mostly through YouTube compilations as well. But like, it would be something I would put on every once in a while. There, there does seem to be two influences, like John Carpenter style 80s mm. horror movie soundtracks. Like, and I would see a lot of that back. Like, I think dark synth really took off like mid 2010s probably uh i would guess with the uh popularity of stranger things right like a little bit yeah yeah and synthwave was just really popping in the 2010s like there's one artist i i like called dance of the dead uh if you look at their 2016 album the shape is more is synth john carpenter influence it sounds but like Mm-hmm. Their newest album is called Driven to Madness, and it's got a ton of heavy metal. So, like, there's been this interesting transition in the last couple of years. Dark synth going from more 80 synth influence to heavy metal influence mm-hmm. or whatever type of metal you want to call, like, you know, speed metal or whatever. And I don't know why that is, but, like, I've been noticing a lot of synthwave artists incorporating more and more metal and stuff like, like, Perturbator and, and just in general. Perturbator, yeah. Yeah. I, I have a reductive hypothesis mm-hmm. for that, but it's probably not fair to the full range of influences that these artists bring in. But a lot of it feels very post Doom 2016. Oh, like that, Mick Gordon. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. But yeah. but it's interesting about your your comment on the the timing because just out of curiosity, I just did the quick Google trends mm-hmm. on Dark Synth, and there's like the most activity is actually like around 2004. And then, but there's more like steady, consistent, low level activity now, which probably is largely also just that everything's more diffuse, right? Like everything's Mm. more and more niche. So just in general, it's, it's more consistently popular, but at a much lower level, there's like a big spike in December, 2020, 2000 or November, December, 2004. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 Again, uh, you know, the, the purpose of this podcast is that we're not, we're just sort of like casually oh, yeah, observing things <laughs> like we're not. Yeah, totally. Uh, totally. Uh, yeah. And, and, and the 2010 certainly mashes up with when I started to become aware of it, but mm-hmm. that's also like a, a personal bias and probably getting back into electronic music through like vaporwave and chill wave, which mm-hmm. is not really the the same, but then you kind of become aware or 
all these other things end up in your algorithm. So there's like a, an observation recency bias. You're like, oh, I'm starting to see more and more of this uh, because you're consuming more and more related stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't, I don't know what that would be referencing. If you out there know why there's a huge dark synth thing, was there like a comic book character called dark synth that killed <laughs> Superman? No, that wasn't it. These are good questions. Yeah. But there's definitely one in like 2015 around uh, Stranger Things. I, I do remember what, I watched the documentary. The I think it's called The Rise of Synthwave, which was, you know, about mm-hmm. that. And they talk about like the early 2000 scenes being pivotal to the development of the genre. So, um, but yeah, I, I wonder if like the 2004 dark synth is the same dark synth that we would think of today or if it was just like a slightly different type of music that, you know. For sure. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. I I definitely do think though, agree like mega drive and carpenter brute and perturbator and stuff is like early 2010s when they started to become yeah much more aware. There is yeah, so I think that timing is still correct. Yeah. There's that sort of like hotline Miami and then stranger things like really made like, mm. and then you started seeing things like far cry blood dragon. And you know, that, that became a whole <laughs> yeah. thing. And like, that's when it really like reached the stratosphere for a, you know, a niche <laughs> previously very mm-hmm. niche genre. And yeah, it's been kind of riding that ever since. I, I do get the appeal of it because I always think of synth wave out like synth wave slash outrun as being more like upbeat and optimistic. Mm-hmm. And I think the the dark and dark synth for me really comes from being more dystopian. Yeah. Or like a less optimistic, more or darker <laughs> to reuse the word. Of mm-hmm. course, it just feels more destructive and primal. It's kind of how I, th- I thought of it, especially your album. Yeah. Then like, oh, we're feeling good. It's summer I'm in my <laughs> 1987 Mustang cruising down the 405 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't really capture that mood. Yeah. But it works great for Halloween. Yeah. Again, this all goes back to like the 80s when, you know, cheap synthesized music was really popular in horror movies and kind of created this like link that stands to this day. was a sample from Cthulhu by Drav Dralian. This was track three, Eldritch Horror Machine, featuring Fixions. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, this is, again, like the, the very metal-influenced version mm-hmm. of Dark Synth. Like, Drav Dralian is a French artist who works primarily in metal, in heavy metal. So... This is uh, obviously Cthulhu is the Lovecraftian great old one from Lovecraft story who has been a popular character in music. I, 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 you could Jesus, probably a couple hundred albums <laughs> called Cthulhu or have Cthulhu in the title. 
you know, actually, A Tower Records just put out an album called the Necronomicon Pages. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just got a couple of Bandcamp emails about it. And uh, yeah, this is a interesting album because it's like called not only a dark synth album, but a metal synth album. So like that's another subgenre of like metal and synth put together. They just fit like peanut butter and chocolate. And this is a very fast, brutal album, uh, very, very heavy on the metal, but also like. There's quite a bit of synth uh, work in here, as you can hear. Like this track was really kind of like a, like a chasing, like an outrun kind of track. Very fast, very mm-hmm. energetic, relentless. And this would be great workout music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I was very surprised because this album is so much more metal mm-hmm. influenced. And I think that's sort of where my McGordon comment came from mm-hmm. of like, I think for better or worse, every so often, like, People come by and produce either something that's extremely popular or extremely iconic and their their name kind of gets attached mm-hmm. to stuff for better or worse. So that's like the name that pops in my head, like kind of post for some of this post 2016, like synth metal mm-hmm. stuff. But I think this has way more interesting, like synth influences throughout. Whereas Doom, I think, is more of like straight metal, which is not quite fair because there's a lot of synth work in Doom, I guess. But they, they still are very distinct. Yeah. I think more of it as like driving the popularity. Not necessarily like the styling uh, or the sound exactly. The other thing that was on my mind is an influence. Again, like a bit of a recency thing because they're doing a kind of tour. And I think it's supported by some new episodes or maybe a new like longer episode, but Metalocalypse. Oh, yeah. Like that kind of death metal pastiche, mm-hmm. which that sort of commentary on a genre, which I'm not saying that this album is doing. I think, I think this is not like having fun with metal. This is like what they want to make. Uh, but at first that was my thought is like, Oh, is this like their other stuff? Is this, you know, they normally produce dark synth, which I listened to some of their other albums and, and tracks. And it's, it's like 50, 50, whether or not it's like really synth heavy or, or more like this, which is like metal guitar drums driven. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if this is like playing around with metal, then it reminds me a little bit of that just because to do that kind of not mockery, but to like engage with something sort of comedically, but seriously, which like Metalocalypse does like clearly Brandon Small, who does that loves that genre of music and oh, loves yeah. those bands and it knows exactly like what to, what to poke at without being outright mockery. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a sincerity behind it. The same way with like uh, another Halloween reference, like dark place. Like I think dark place comes out of like, probably thinks they have to actually like Stephen King and, and that. Type oh of yeah. Stuff. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, it's not, it's not mockery, but it is having fun with a, a concept. And I, I think of that type of, of media with this, but this is more serious, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm not making a direct comparison, but that was like my first thought. I listened to some other stuff and some of it's like this and some of it's not. So I was like, oh, okay, this is just this blended genres, which is pretty interesting. And mm-hmm. this type of music, like very primal and mm-hmm. aggressive, and it kind of knows exactly what it is yeah, and, and executes on it really well in terms of highest praise. It, it has like the same effect on my brain as a movie like Commando. Or something, oh yeah yeah which is just like it's fun like it's a bunch of people mm-hmm. having fun making exactly what they want to make yeah and you can just enjoy it i i totally get why someone would would love this like either in like like a workout situation or, or driving or maybe just i personally wouldn't like just chill and, and throw it on <laughs> no it's not chilling music in, in but in like in context mm-hmm. what it is it, it works really well like I, I did one of my passive listens while playing a bunch of Battlebit Theater mm-hmm. with Caleb, which is pretty sure 
Top of my favorite hero, but it's like a Battlefield clone, but like Minecraft graphics. It's yeah, kind of silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I had a lot of fun with this just blaring in the background, <laughs> just running around trying to shoot people and not get shot. Yeah, like, this, it's this perfect is perfect for music that. for that. Yeah, like there's the synthwave kind of like outrun tracks are really good for that. Like it's very like, again, this frenetic energy to it. Yeah, I think the key, I, 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 I 100% agree, like things like Dark Place and Metalocalypse and this are made by fans who love the genre. And it's I think the, the key word here is exaggeration. Like they they know the exact elements they love in that genre. Mm-hmm. And then they create a work that just exaggerates it to the point of uh, to an outsider ridiculousness. But to them, it's it's like, you know, you're a baker and you love donuts and you love sprinkles. So you just like. <laughs> When you make sprinkled donuts, you're just I'm going to fucking absolutely coat this motherfucker. You make so many goddamn sprinkles and you know it's bad for you. You know it's yeah. not balanced, but you love the sprinkles. You don't care what anyone else. Mm-hmm. This is for you. And like, yeah, I think that's the place it comes from. I I, I, I didn't think of it about it in that way, but like that makes so much sense. Yeah, I think that's true of like really good fusion is like you take all the stuff you like about it and you you're very good at distilling it down to like the absolute core elements you love mm-hmm. taking a bunch of those. And then they kind of all amplify each other. And I think that's definitely true of the metal and the synth yeah. working together in this. One thing that's interesting is I'd love to know how much of it is played versus programmed. Like I didn't yeah. see artist credits. So I mean, there were, yeah, he did, uh, did get some uh, collaborators for this. Yeah. But I didn't see in the credits, like, drums by oh yeah so-and-so guitar by so-and-so so i i'm not sure exactly who, who did what mm-hmm. but i think that's like one of the better aspects of the the synth inclusion is that a lot of stuff is like very precise very fast mm-hmm. very just aggressive video game music mm-hmm. like which i think makes sense because I, I i think on dev's wikipedia i think this project started out of doing an indie game horror soundtrack Oh, not really? the specific album, yeah. but like the the artist mm. moniker overall. Oh, yeah, yeah, because this is a side project from. Yeah, so like clearly, clearly, you know, video games as an influence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there again, like the the synth heavy things are, I think, very video game influenced. But like the thing I really liked is you know, there's a, it seems to alternate between like metal versus synth heavy tracks. Yeah, and I I like that. So he clearly lo- enjoys both. A lot of the tracks have really cool openings, intros and outros mm-hmm. where they really like build in in this kind of like things like in track five, the Necronomicon witchcraft. Hey, Necronomicon yeah, has this very heavy string opening, mm-hmm. a very tense, almost like. And then, yeah, and then it just really lets up. I think my favorite track, though, is track six, the frozen lake, because it has the most like has these interesting symphonic elements. Mm-hmm. So why don't we play a bit of that?
it's really interesting. Like the thing, like, you know, the core of the album is, you know, shredding guitar, you know, electric guitar and like outrun synth. But like the, the things he adds in, like there's a, you know, a lot of the, like I mentioned the strings, a lot of interesting sound effects, you know, little openings. I think like on track 10, it sounds almost like Outer Gods, Exodus. Like there's a sitar in it, I think, something like that. Like, Ooh, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, and a little piano in there and then it gets fucking wild. Yeah, like later tracks have some piano and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Really cool. And even like the last track actually is uh, Cthulhu, I think is a really good mm. summation of the entire album. It, it sort of incorporates everything into mm. one like big, long, very epic track. So that's that's a nice way. Like a lot of the albums we listen to, they don't really they just kind of end. Right. Like they don't like have like yeah. a finale sort of plan, that kind of like progression. But this one does. Yeah. And uh, that was really fun. I think because we talked about this for the late night lo-fi, I think good albums in general, like the closer are so important to mm-hmm. me. Like what, yeah. what's your last impression? And that one worked really well. But yeah, I think in general, like a lot of these just four minute tracks that just get in, have like a really cool synth or metal idea, explore it for a bit mm-hmm. and then transition into like another interesting idea and like another like four minute track. I just think like the pacing of the album is really good, but some stuff like track two mm-hmm. is like an example of, of why well, I'm wondering, like, you know, it's not like inhumanly fast, but it is so it's so fast that I'm curious. I, I would, I would, what bet. Is programming? yeah, yeah, there's probably a fair amount of programming, I would yeah. guess. Which is cool. I mean, it's still its own thing. I'm just curious more than anything. Yeah. So, uh, Dav Dralian actually has his own Wikipedia page, and mm-hmm. he's a French dark synth artist, David, no last name, <laughs> Good. who worked on uh, the band Pangora, and then, yeah, just has all quite a few uh, singles and EPs out, but this is only a second album or at least as Drowian. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't know if this is really technically a sequel album, but I think it it's closely related to the previous one fall of men, mm-hmm. which is also very primal assaulting. Oh, you listen to that? And, well, I listened to like tracks here and there from the other ones. Cause like I said, I was trying to figure out like, is this them exploring one genre oh, okay. and the other stuff is more like my personal preconceived notions of what dark synth is, which is just like, you know, synth wave, but different timbers, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not, you know, a lot of the other stuff is, is some of it's that. And some of it's like this, like fall of men is, is similar and came out like the year before. So I, I think they're slightly connected. Interesting. Yeah. That's something we'll have to look into perhaps, uh, or perhaps. the listeners, if you have a better understanding of Dav Drally and let us know in the comments. Track 10, Near Dark, off our second album, Zytel Systems, System 1, or <laughs> by Makeup and Vanity Set. And I picked this because I was just digging through 
Dark Synth or Synth compilations. Mm-hmm. And I came across one that I should have bookmarked, but I didn't. I'm a monster that had a bunch from this artist from this album that were all named after horror movies, right? Near Dark mm-hmm. is, is the classic uh, Bill Paxton vampire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a very good one. Very fun. Uh, directed by Catherine Bigelow, I believe. That's right. Yeah, it's early Catherine Bigelow. I think it's just before Point Break. Mm-hmm. Lance Henriksen. Classic. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. The aesthetic of like Vampire the Masquerade, the role playing game, was like a little bit, yeah, heavily. Yeah. I think heavily influenced by Near Dark. Like, I think, in fact, that like in one of the vampire books, they trace <laughs> Bill Paxton's character in the bar, that iconic shot, and use it in one of the books. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. that makes sense. Uh, anyway, sorry. So I just noticed all these these tracks that are named after. I was like, I know these are all movies. Mm-hmm. What is this? And I came across this album and the album is a really cool premise where it was basically a song a day for the entire month of October, 2017, each one influenced by a movie. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't know is I was actually picking a very prolific and big artist (laughs) who due to my own ignorance of the genre, I had no idea who they were. And I felt very silly when I I, I saw all the stuff they worked on because I I just went to Google the name and I was like, makeup and vanity set. That's going to be the worst SEO possible. (laughs) And then it actually came up. I was like, oh, heck. And looked into it and I was like, oh, they have an IMDb and and all this this stuff. So, yeah. So it's a a musician out of Nashville, Matthew Stephen Pusty, who does a ton of stuff it's all synth driven but he has a huge and varied career there's there's personal work which i think like this album counts and a few others on Bandcamp. ton of soundtracks so probably one of the biggest for our group is he did the soundtrack there's a batman documentary called heart of batman on a recent animated series blu-ray and he did like the score for that the soundtrack for that that's on his Bandcamp. a lot of like true crime podcast soundtracks mm-hmm. a lot of movie soundtracks so like this Steven Soderbergh produced movie. He did additional music for Godzilla versus Kong, mm. Watchmen, the series, oh, damn, yeah. the Damon Lindelof series. Did the Cybertruck ad <laughs> campaign music, which is Outrun E because they were trying to go for that vibe. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, a perfect artist for it. But I thought that was, that was funny scrolling through a, a recent portfolio on their, damn. their website because they're like a, a big, a big professional musician. Damn. I've been aware of makeup and vanity set for years now because mm. I got uh, years ago. He did the soundtrack for a video game called Brigador. Uh, and I don't know if you know mm. this game, but it's like a cyberpunk game where you control a little mech. You can build your mech, but it's done like in an isometric view. So kind of like Super Nintendo games like Desert Storm or something like that, except you're driving yeah. a mech instead of a helicopter and you have to go around and blow up all the enemies. But the levels are huge. So you it's. A very hard game, at least it was for me. So I liked the game in theory, but it was just like, oh, God, I killed 50 out of 100 enemies and I have to start over because it got blown up. But I love the soundtrack for it. So I looked up the artist like, oh, my God, this is cool. So I started following him for a while, but I kind of like drifted off because I, I stopped listening to Synthwave as much and, and Dark Synth. Mm-hmm. But I was like, hey, I recognize that name. Great. Let's see what he's up to. He's like, oh, God, this is a lot of music. <laughs> but yeah, Brigador, fun, but very hard. No, I'm not familiar with the game, but it sounds sounds good. Yeah, but this album, back to back to the album yeah. proper on our our album review show because it's easy to get distracted. I thought this album was a lot of fun to listen to, and that's because I love all of the references and mm-hmm. the influences and the range explored on it. So, like I said, it's thirty one tracks. 
they say one track per day for the entire month, but I think the last two are Laurie part one and part two, which I'm assuming is a reference to Laurie Strode, which is Jamie Lee Curtis's character in the Halloween. Yeah, series. that makes sense. Yeah. I don't think there's a, a horror movie called Laurie. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. I, I mean, all the others are like well-known movies, at least to horror fans, right? Yeah. I mean, this album has value on its own just as like, Here's a good watch list if you don't know what to do for Halloween. <laughs> one Halloween <laughs> for one October. Yeah. Like if you and some friends or whatever want to be like, let's watch one horror movie. Mm-hmm. Although one is ambiguous. The Wicker Man, watch the original. Oh, yeah. Watch yeah. the original Wicker Man. Don't, don't watch the Nick Cage Wicker Man. Well, I mean, the Nick Cage movie is a great comedy. All right. I'll say that. <laughs> it's a fantastic comedy. But uh, I'm going to say for the purposes of this exercise, <laughs> we're yeah. going original Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of stuff does such a good job of capturing that feel. Mm-hmm. So some tracks from like a musical impressions that stood out to me is like probably the first one was track eight, Halloween four, which is such a nice homage to Carpenter. Yeah. Does a really good job of that. Like minimalist, like being minimalist that just, he, he loves that. Just like boom, 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 like just pulsing locked in bass. Mm-hmm. Very straightforward melodies on on top of it. Very appropriate as a a, a, a carpenter reference. Mm-hmm. Video drone. The visitor is another great track. Overall, I just really enjoyed like the variety across this album. Yeah, no, I I quite enjoyed it too. Like a lot of the tracks do have samples from the movies that they're titled after, yes. right? Which is a neat little touch. But what I was surprised with was that a lot of the tracks well. You know, a lot of these movies have iconic soundtracks, right? Like mm-hmm. Halloween, The Thing. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. What was interesting was that, like, Makeup and Vanity Set, like, referenced or homage it, but, like, in a real interest, it wasn't just like, I'm remixing this track, right? Like, it wasn't a lazy, mm-hmm. simple thing. Like, Friday the 13th, you know, one of those very iconic tracks becomes almost kind of like a danceable take on the theme. Like, there are a mm-hmm. lot of, like, kind of, like, club, like, there's a lot of interesting, like, choices on this album in terms of what is uh, available. <laughs> like, like the Wicker Man track you sound like does it is almost like it's so like orchestral strings, like this really brutal scratching on wood sounds. It doesn't even have that many synth elements into it, which makes sense because Wicker Man is like a folk horror movie. Like it's a very it's a very analog kind of movie. Like there's the, there's not <laughs> much of the way digital things. So there's a lot of variation, a lot of really cool ideas of playing on like both the music for the movies and the ideas of the movies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was like a lot of experimentation, but they, it, I think they all really work. I think one of my why favorite tracks was like track seven, the train to Busan. Mm. I think like heavy, like, like maybe double bass strings. Mm. I don't know, like a little sample of the sounds of fighting from the movie, like very intense shit. So yeah, very cool. To your point about working within movies and their influences and the like, I also think there are some that are like in the other direction where I'm like, I don't even know what you would do for that. So the mm-hmm. one that stood out to me the most, it's quite frankly, track 13, the Langoliers, mm-hmm. which the Langoliers is peak <laughs> early to mid nineties, Stephen King adaptation for TV. Yeah. Where this is, I guess was this inspired by like, you know, it was very popular and the stand did very well where they were just like pumping all of his stuff out. If it's like one of these books where it's 1100 pages of nonsense, just turned it into like a three part, you know, two to four part miniseries, basically. 
Yeah, this is also the peak of like major TV movies is like a big mm-hmm. event to keep the ratings up, right? Like this is before prestige TV and everything. So that's like, true. Yeah, you gotta keep eyes on. But that one is actually so far from what I remember that soundtrack, and I need to go dig into that soundtrack deeper. But it's much closer to his style, you know, very very synth wave. Mm-hmm. But I I at least listened to the main theme for the Langoliers, and it's very just like mid nineties generic orchestrated score yeah so i would love to know where some of this is coming from if there's just parts i don't remember or if they're really just you know going for it on their own or whatever mm-hmm. but uh langoliers great cheesy 90s straight to tv side unrelated shout out the langoliers also spawned one of my favorite things in the last few years we've watched which is timekeepers of eternity hell yeah where somebody took the Langoliers, which is on its own, like three or four hours, because it's two parts. You know, it's like two made for TV movies, basically, mm-hmm. and cut it down to like an hour and made it like folded paper art for all the special effects and stuff instead of. Yeah. Uh, and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful example of, of mixed media. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they took screen shots, printed them out on a black and white printer, mm-hmm. and then like stop motion animated them. Uh, and they did yeah. really cool things with like using paper as the medium, right? Like, Tearing yeah, yeah. and folding and like or like crumpling them up to make the Langoliers because the Langoliers are these little spoilers for a 30-year-old <laughs> made for TV movie. Those little little void, black voids mm-hmm. of destruction. So they're like crumpled up paper and stuff. And it's uh very funny to me. Oh, but also it, amazing. Yeah. It's legitimately like amazing. Yeah. Like it's so much work. Yeah, yeah. No um, shit. <laughs> Sorry, I was worried this would happen with this album. I'm just going to talk about what I like about each of the movies. Oh, sure. And so. yeah, like, yeah, the soundtrack for that would be nothing. So that's it. Yeah, I, I was talking about the ones that were obviously referencing or homage mm-hmm. in the original. And then there's ones that like they have no soundtrack that you would remember. It's just the most generic shit. And like what he does with that yeah. is interesting, too. You know, there are like obviously the movies that he references that are like Italian horror films or uh, Gallo. Uh, like obviously those sound like like appropriate soundtracks for the time. But like, yeah, there's, there's some really interesting surprises like Track 22 Hellraiser is like another EDM kind of like. Mm-hmm. Let's fuck people up <laughs> with some flesh hooks, man. This, this, like that would fit in Hotline My Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, Fleshline Miami. Um, Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I, that's exciting. Yeah, gotta want to see that. So, yeah, and there, there's just a lot of really cool musical ideas in this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is very like this is all synth. There's no metal. So if you just want at like if you wanted like horror movie dark synth to listen to like this is the track like if you're not a fan of metal uh or that brutal shredding sound this is the the album to get for your halloween parties like this would be good for a halloween party too because like the occasional like yeah. movie samples mm-hmm. people would pick up on and be like what? what what was that you know so just real quick before we got um one other thing i liked about this i'm going to play a quick sample from is a uh, lori part one this is about four minutes into the track
this highlights kind of the other thing I really liked about this track in terms of variety and that there's actually a lot of like real instrumentation mm -hmm. too. And I, I don't know if he's playing all of them. I mean, he might be proficient enough at a bunch of instruments. So he went to like an actual music conservatory, which I think he's actually went to uh, some fancy music school, Ooh. you know, at least be, be passable enough to play all this because there's, you know, instruments used as a bunch of synths. And there's also like a Telecaster, a Fender jazz bass. So there's played instruments and I don't know if he's playing them or, or others, but I thought those were nice little touches against the synth backdrop. So I went with this piece from Laurie, a little bit of a recency bias because it's, it's towards the end of the album. So as I was thinking about back to like, Oh, what do I want to sample? That was a nice part, but also like it comes up in track two. There's like a lot of like keys and, and, and drums and not just all synth again, just speaking to the, the range of work and, and inspiration that went into the album. So Really great Halloween party album, really great Halloween watch list. you so much for listening it was really fun to dig into a new genre always like to learn more and we're going to continue our our horror synth education indirectly by moving into soundtracks for giallo technically i think is what i'm going to look for but just any kind of horror movie soundtracks that don't exist going for that haunted media vibe that we like to do here so for example there's a nice band camp collection of some albums i'm going to do some some research and figure out because i Love media about media that doesn't exist. Like one of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we haven't done any in a while. That's true. So it's good, you know, both theming for the month and also just something I generally enjoy. It also ties well into, you know, some research because our October Patreon bonus episode, you know, normally talk about is going to also be, I think, on Italian horror because it's a uh, very influential for me and I really, really like it. So talk about that in general. So if you want to hear that and 30 some other bonus episodes, we have a, a Patreon at Nightclerk Radio at patreon.com. Bonus episodes, Discord, maybe some other content. So it's good if you want to help keep the antenna on. You know, you can also find us on pretty much any social media. I don't know what the current list these days to introduce, but we have a Nightclerk Radio at, at Blue Sky. I'm going to say that first. You're still using Twitter, you know, Nightclerk Radio on Twitter. I'm at Burke McBurkinson. Ross is at Ross Payton. I think you're also Ross Payton mm -hmm. on Blue Sky. Yeah. Yeah, you're pretty consistent. Also, you know, Night Clerk Radio, I think anywhere else you want to look for us, websites, Facebooks, et cetera. MySpace. We should set up a MySpace. We should bring it back. We talked about it this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We should start Night Clerk Radio MySpace. Mm -hmm. My eight friends can be artists <laughs> that have subtweeted us because they don't like our reviews. Yeah. And then <laughs> we can have like the music for the landing be, I don't know, samples. We got to two mellow music. That's exciting. Mm hmm. Now I'm excited. I got totally distracted thinking about a, a nightclerk radio. <laughs> My haunted social media. I love it. It's, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Bring it back. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, wherever you do choose to check this out, if you take a moment to rate, review, comment, click a button, that's really great. It helps the algorithm know to point other people in our direction. But the thing we always advocate and more important is like build community. 
I've really been appreciating over the last few months, both trying to be not very good at more involved in our discord and some other vaporwave discords. There's a lot of cool people in this community and, you know, outside of this community, you should talk to people about what you like, share your interests, build bridges. Don't have to be in your little isolated identity bubbles. You can talk to other people about other stuff. And hopefully that other stuff is both us and killer horse in the soundtrack. So thank you so much again for your support and we'll chat you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.